All right. Word. Sweet. Here we go. So, yeah, Chris Duffin's going to be joining us pretty soon. And uh, look at how smooth that transition was from going to promote him coming on to this. What's up, Unity? Happy Friday. What are these comments, man? This looks beautiful. Oh, does it? God, I don't know. I screwed up. Yeah, actually, I messed it's it up. Awesome. I actually messed up. So that's better. I'm glad that some. It was actually Jeff Tomko was like, "Hey, man, I have trouble reading some of those comments sometimes." And I was like, "Okay, well, let me see what I can do." I start changing it, and then it just kind of displayed this way. So I'm like, that's "Okay, awesome. so sweet, yeah, there we go." And uh, yeah, happy Friday. That's right. Here we are back again, and uh, this dude. Uh, you know, I got to say, I didn't know a ton about him. I knew I knew enough about him, but, you know, reading up on him and, and Jeff gave us a whole bunch of really great um, notes and stuff. Just he's a really interesting guy. He has he's had like a really crazy cool life. Um, and I'm excited that he's going to be here, you know, yeah, um, make see. some sick ass equipment that that's true. That's yeah, he, that's yeah. another thing about it. I mean, he's uh his the equipment that he makes is insane. I'm going to ask him too, like, you know, how often do, is it, cause he works with like a ton of pros and, you know, a lot of top tier folks, but you know, I, I feel like everyday people like you and I are like, you know, oogling over this and salivating how cool it is. How, I wonder how often yeah. he's, you know, they're dealing with just people that are like, dude, I'm starting a home gym and I want quality stuff. You know, like I was saying yesterday, I won't ever have to, um, pay for another bar again, you know? Uh, so yeah, it's going to be, you know, we could talk today about here. I'm going to put this up real quick. It'll be big, but this is, um, his book. He's got a new cover for it, I believe. But, you know, I think that he's even offering this audio book for free. I think, yeah, I think you can get it for free on his website. I- I'm not sure if it's because you can get a, an audible, you know, an audible account and then you get one download, but I'm, I'm going to, I'm not even, joking around here. Um, I don't know why that would be some sort of joke, but I'm going to read, I want to, I'm going to listen to this. Like I I want to, now that I read up about him, I mean, like, you know, quickly about the dude, you know, he grew up um, in in poverty and a really rough background, you know, um, like really just really impoverished, like nothing, you know what I mean? Like real poor and a tough family had a, you know, believe his dad was an alcoholic, suffered from depression. I think he actually had some bouts of alcohol as well. And I mean, this guy has turned it around. L- look at what he's done. I mean, he's, he's, gosh, see, every day I do that. <laughs> it's my chair. <laughs> he's, um, you know, there's a lot of different things that he's co-founded, such as, you know, Kabuki Strength. Uh, what were some of the other ones that it was like a barefoot, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to look on his Instagram right now. And I think he's also either got COVID or just got over COVID or he's got, I don't know. He's, he's got a lot happening. You know, his co-owns Kabuki strength, barefoot shoes, build fast formula. I don't even know what build fast formula is, but I'm sure um, it's something, but you know, really I was the number one ranked power lifter in the world at one point, um, 860 pound squat, which is a world record at the 220 pounds. Uh, just again, it's a lot of accomplishments and it's kind of like, everything was it's seemingly stacked against him yeah. and he overcame those odds. So that's what I mean. It's like, how can, <laughs> again, we're talking to our, 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 our buddy from yesterday who had Parkinson's, who had a lot of things happening to him from uh, going to uh, going to war overseas. 
And he's not complaining. He's up there killing it every day. And, and so is a guy like Chris Duffin. And I'm like, man, it really does what you were saying, Mike. It really does kind of show how petty can be <laughs> like, especially me. I, 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 I'll tell you the truth. I'll be like, what? Like I, sometimes like I want to eat and you know, my kids are doing something and I'm like getting all grumpy. I'm like, <laughs> it's like, or like my workout gets cut short and I'm just like, damn it. But is there really something to get upset about? Probably not. Uh, when this is no. what these folks are overcoming. And, uh, you know, I think that he's also got a movie coming out too. I'm going to pull that in as well. But so the other thing is that, you know, he's, yeah, he just keeps on just, just, just crushing it. And then that's winning. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Winning, winning everything right now. Yeah. When you hear that though, do you really, do you put it in like the, um, Charlie Sheen voice? I feel like I do. I just did. After I said it, I was like, fuck, man. It's not like Charlie Sheen. I'm going to put... So, yeah, this just uh, came out, too. There's a trailer for a documentary, Grand Goals. I mean, that's the same dude, right? That's the, that's the craziest part. Like, when he's training hard in powerlifting, like, that's, you know, that's, what, 100 pounds more, maybe? Maybe, I don't know. But I watched the trailer. It looks super interesting. I think he vomits a lot, too. Hey, all right, dude. Two, well, no, we got a little more than two. We got... 15-ish right now. It's across multiple platforms. We're not the... YouTube YouTube and Twitch are two places where we're kind of... Uh, what's the word? We're, Lacking. Or um, we're building uh, We're building an audience there. But thank you. Thanks for watching. Yeah. But yeah, so this dude is going to be on shortly. And um, yeah, man, uh, check out that... Check out the trailer. Go to uh, Kabuki Strengths uh, YouTube. It's on there. I think this dude pukes a lot too when he trains. I'm going to ask him about that. Well, if you're lifting that much, man, I mean, shit, you would too. Oh, I do lift that much. Yeah. <laughs> he has, I think he's got the Guinness world record for the sumo deadlift too. He pulled a thousand and one pounds. That's insane. Man, that is insane. Uh, I can't imagine, but you know what? Like maybe he didn't even imagine it either. I'm, I'm curious as to what, no. how this kind of unfolded, you know, like it's, it's just so, I don't know. I'm really, I'm really curious. I really do want to talk to, to him. And I'm, I'm excited about it. So, and, uh, there, there, there's another thing too. When he comes on, I'll, I'll switch views. So there's a really cool thing he does through Kabuki Strength. He's, uh, you know, let me see, buddy. Oh, nice. All right. <laughs> Tasty wings. We're building. We're trying. But thank you. Thank you for being somebody that's uh, supporting us. We're doing our best here, which is 60%, as I always like to say. We give it about 60% here, and that's, that's it. Yeah. Any, any more than that, we'll get tired and just, just be done with it. <laughs> but, um, you know, he's got a lot of cool education stuff, too, on his on Kabuki Strength. They're doing a lot of really interesting stuff. In fact, I'm, hit, I'm going to purchase one of these courses. Um, look, I'm not going to ask for, free, for it for free. But if he that's wanted to, that's what the trap bars for. Right? Yeah, <laughs> that's why it's in the back there, so you can see it. It's over here. Uh, <laughs> but there's some really cool stuff that I really wanted to get into from, be you know from a education standpoint, which is uh, there was a sleep, a really good sleep. Uh, oh, hold on, let's let's switch gears here because I think he's jumping on really quick. And hold on, Mike, and hold on, Chris. Got you guys coming, and we got a. And there he is. There's his chair. That's the chair he sits in. <laughs> What's up, man? 
What's happening? Uh, I cannot hear. Can you hear him, Mike? No. I don't know why. No, he's not muted. It might be the ear, those AirPods or whatever. Like anytime somebody uses them, it's like this huge problem. I don't understand it, but I'm not really sure why. But let me see here. Uh, I kind of heard him. Almost heard him, I feel like. Can't hear you. Yeah, I, I heard. I heard you. I heard you. You have, you have this there the voice perfect. of a songbird. I, I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, man? How you doing? Pretty good. How you guys doing? Really good, man. I I gotta say good, we man. we've been um we've been kind of like geeking out over you for a little bit for the last uh, twenty minutes and yesterday. Um, you've already spoken to our buddy Jeff Tomko, but you know I saw the trailer for Grand Goals, and I gotta say it, it's. It's really, how long did it take to, to get this thing going? Cause it looks really interesting and I'm sure it's, it took a long time and you know, it's, I'm, I hope it spans your career and some of your background because I found some of that, that background incredibly interesting when I was reading about it. Yeah. So the, you know, the, the, the squad itself, you know, the grand goals campaign was about five years, but really it's not a story about a squat. It's a story about human perseverance. It's about chasing like really big gnarly things. And then the impact that that has not just on yourself, but the people around you in the world. And this is, this ties to, you know, my, my book, the Eagle Mm -hmm. and the dragon. So it really is my life story. So, um, and a lot of that is told through the scope of awesome. You got the, uh, the new cover. It just got updated. That's right, man. Have them uh, (laughs) right now, but You know, the the quick synopsis is I I grew up homeless. I grew up in the wilderness, you know, living in tents, dealing with crazy stuff, uh, murderers, human trafficking that affected our family, a serial killer, uh, drug running, drug abuse, like all sorts of stuff of like that scope. And it was a really crazy upbringing. And, and I watched people die around me. I mean, this was the, the world I lived in. This was in Northern California, uh, this place called Murder Mountain. There's a documentary on Netflix about that in particular. So if you watch it and go, oh, those words you're using about serial killer and murderers and, you know, police corruption and all sorts of stuff. It's like, yeah, that's that's real. Uh, and then Eastern Oregon out in the, the, the wilds. And I, I got myself out of that situation, but just by chasing chasing the extremes, chasing things that were beyond the scope of like what I should be able to do. And, and I ended up uh, taking custody and raising my three younger sisters while I put myself through, I worked full time while I put myself through my dual engineering degree, my MBA, uh, and continued to, to move down that path in my life, raising, raising them until they were, they were adults. And so I've seen some really crazy stuff in the course of my life. And that's, a lot of that's kind of touched on through interviews in this documentary and feeding into like why I continue to do this, these, these things that are just, you know, over the top, because that's, I want people to understand. It's like strength training as a whole, you know, we're, we're sitting here talking, you know, lifting, how does this relate to lifting? This is the human condition. Like it's the, you know, the, the said principle, you know, adaptation to impose demand that if you, progressively challenge yourself a little bit more, you're going to make 
you know, those results. You're going to be a little more resilient. And this is why I use the word resilience instead of strength training, because it's all about this development of resilience. And that's what I really want people to understand and to empower them with, because I've, I've been through shit. I've been through trauma. I don't want to say it's worse than anyone else. Don't, but it's a, it's I went story. from that it's, to being, yeah, this person that I was running aerospace companies, running automotive manufacturing, doing turnarounds before, you know, launching Kabuki strength and doing what I, what I do today. And I like to walk the walk. So I know I'm talking for a long time, so I'll take a, 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 no. a quit ranting here for a minute, but there's three things that three things that I wanted to do with the grand goals campaign. So I, when I walk, when I, when I started it, this was when I walked away from that past career when that I was running other companies doing turnarounds and I was also a competitive powerlifter. I was ranked number one in the world for eight years straight at that point in time in either the squat, the deadlift or the total. So I walked away from all of that because I felt I could help the world with the knowledge that I have, the passion that I have, and I wanted to live every aspect of it. And the grand goals campaign itself was three things because it's, I don't like, you know, just talking the talk and things like that. I, I want to, I want to walk the walk. I want to show people. So one of the things that I wanted to, the biggest thing is, is to inspire people, to be able to show them that you could do things that people would say you're crazy. There's no way that this could be done. And to be able to show with like dedicated effort, focus, just like you can do the impossible. Second piece is just like related specifically what I would teach, which is around <clears throat> moving the body correctly, being able to get out of pain and uh, within those principles of like uh, assessing and and refining the the highest impact, the biggest global impact that you can have on the body is ability to to manage and control spinal mechanics. And so let's walk the walk. Let's not just be a specialist and go, uh, let's see the max that I can deadlift. I'm like, pick two things so that it, that are related to it the squat in the deadlift, the, the squat being the basic motor pattern that every human being it's built into our nervous system. So every able-bodied human being be able should be able to do this. And you get to that point right around uh, eight to nine months of development. Uh, it's built into our neurology. You walk through this process and you get to the squatting and then standing process. And so everybody should be able to do it. The other is just picking something up off the floor, <laughs> groceries, kids, yeah. anything like any able-bodied person should do that. And, and usually, so I, I decided I want to do grand over the top. That's the inspiration, right? So a thousand pounds and I want to squat it and I want to deadlift it. And then I want to do as many reps as I can with those. So it's just kind of this, 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 this obscure thing, because at the time about six people, five to six people had squatted a thousand pounds and then a completely different list, about five to six people had deadlifted a thousand pounds, but nobody done both because they had you know, mechanical leverage. I'm not taking anything away from their work ethic strong. Like these people I know, they're strongest people in the world, but they were a little bit biased one or the other. They could not do both. And so I wanted to do both. And and so that was to, to, to show that my, you know, what I teach, the methodology for, I can do this being somebody that's had back pain to the point I couldn't even walk in the past and do it with no pain. I can, I can manage it. And then the third one, so three things. Um, inspiration, walking the walk, showing what my methodology uh, can do and the right training, the right tools. 
Uh, and then the third one was raising money for charities that I that I believed in, uh, which a lot of those were related to things that I have dealt with uh, during the course of my life. So um, over those, so that the first year I deadlifted a thousand pounds, where there's a thousand and there's a thousand and two pounds technically for two reps, although I didn't, I I just missed locking out the third, and you can't see it, but the oh there it is. Uh, this is the Guinness world record right there. <laughs> uh, most weight ever sumo deadlifted, regardless of body weight, regardless of anything. Uh, so I was able to actually get that in a book somewhere. So that was cool. Damn. And then, um, and then the squat was, was more challenging for me. So that was the next four years of developing the resilience to be able to manage the weight being up here versus down lower. Uh, at the lighter body weight that I am, because I say that I, I did it when I was about 280 pounds, but anybody else that's done it before, they're about 360 to 440. Same with the deadlift, right? And and uh, and so I became, uh, yeah. So that was the next four years was doing like minor feats of strength, like I squatted 800 pounds every day for 30 days, uh, deadlifted 881. 400 kilos every single day for eight for 17 days straight. Um, I did stuff like that, like while I was building it, each one paired with a charity. And then finally, four years later, so it was five years total. And it was it was kind of a crazy story because it was set up was supposed to happen at the Ursa show. Okay. If I'm if I'm rambling too long, just stop me. No, listen, go. I, 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 wanted, I, okay. I don't want to hear it for sure. Okay, so it was scheduled to be at the Ursa Show, the largest equipment show in the world. And uh, we we had a couple of booths there and it was set up as gonna be a, a big event that happened at this. And this was scheduled at the end of March. <laughs> and started like, I, I was at a point, I, I mean, I, that date was set. I've been training for it now specifically for a year. And that's when the world started like, you know, COVID started picking up, all this stuff started happening and nobody knew what was going on. And the week of the event, they shut it down. Ugh. So we're like, well, we're going to move to a local event. We got nothing. And then a couple days in, they're like, no, no gatherings, everything. So it turned into a live stream and it was done on a Saturday. And Monday was the day, like everything closed down. Yeah. And, uh, and I just had like, I don't know. Timing was kind of epic, you know, I, I, as far as like, maybe that's the message people needed at the time, like that, you know, going into this, the, you know, the people, but it was, um, it was a little surreal. Um, and there was no way I could have picked up or come back. Like I was at the limit of like where I couldn't delay it a month. Yeah. I couldn't come back a year later. Like I, you know, <laughs> I was 43 years old, 44 years. 43 years old, I think, uh, 40. Yeah. You're 44 and, now, right? Uh, yeah. All right, cool. And, and, and yeah, it got to, uh, there was, you can't push that hard that long, you know, and it was, uh, it was the final thing. And of my, my career as a heavy lifter, I guess, if you call that a, a career, but it was, uh, it was really cool to walk out on my terms. So that's what I did. And, uh, the, the movie's been a little slow because it was interview style of like my past life. And then because of like travel and all the other stuff, it's taken a little while to uh, kind of wrap up. So that's why it's been, uh, you know, a little over a year. <laughs> but, so what I like about, um, you know, specifically what you were saying before is 
yeah, the, the whole background of your story, but the fact that, you know, even reading some of your writings on Kabuki strength and, and some of them are from like 2017 and, and even before, and you, you acknowledge that this was not easy at times for you to unearth or relive or get in touch with that side of yourself. And I always think it's really cool when people that are doing things, you know, like just doing these like Herculean, it, it just feats of strength and, and pushing themselves and, and, and making things happen. But they're also understanding that you gotta, you know, you have to embrace these things and, and accept them and, and find a way past them rather than bottle them up. And I think so many guys think it's gotta be like, well, no, nah, man, like I'm not doing that. Like, and it's, it's like, I'm, I was reading something. I was reading this, uh, sharing love and leaving scars stories from your childhood, which is a, a it's on Kabuki strength. Yeah. And I gotta tell you, I was really like, it, it's, it's really hard not to be moved by this stuff. Um, and when is it different when you're writing it and then when you're having to go through it and see it come to life on, on a documentary, is it different like feeling or does it kind of unearth all those same types of um, emotions? So writing the book was obviously very hard. The documentary, like there's an, an independent filmmaker that's doing it. So I have not seen anything like the trailer I just saw. So, um, but I've been involved with it, with the, the interviews and the, that process along the way. Um, but one of the things that I really try to drive people to is, and, and you hit on this here, but is, is introspection and really in-depth introspection is, is how you like, you know, we think about being in the weight room and I talked about resilience and kind of like, how do you, how do you move forward? How do you progress? Well, that's the same thing with mental and emotional. You've got to challenge yourself. Right. And a lot of people don't really do the work to understand who they are, what they want out of life. And people want to focus on like goal setting and getting stuff done. And, and they haven't done this really basic fundamental work to know what you, what you really want out of life. And you're, you're chasing these things that are thrown up on social media or wherever, like, Oh, you're, you should be chasing a, getting a, you know, your, your, your fancy cars and uh, your mansion and like the, whatever, but like, just so you can, but, like, why, why do you want these things? Yeah. Why? And here's a great, a great example. I use those two because there's nothing wrong with wanting things. Right. And, you know, for example, the, the mansion and the, and the fancy cars, maybe, maybe your underlying reason for wanting those things, if you, that's what you want, happens to be that it's security is one of like your fundamental values. You want to know that you're in a secure place to be able to take care of your family, yourself, that you're not living paycheck to paycheck on edge. That, that's actually one of my values. Uh, other ones are, you know, accomplishment, challenge, recognition. And I say recognition, like I like to be recognized for like, right. there's no morality around these things, but understand them. You fundamentally have to understand them because if you don't understand that you could, and you're focused on just the the thing things you could over leverage yourself to get those things and you've actually done the exact opposite of the value in the life that is going to bring you happiness yeah because now you're insecure you're stressed and you have the things and you're like why am i unhappy mm -hmm. and this is the this is the work that people really need to do and that's what i really chase people on and you know uh, my my book is not it's written for the reader. It is written to drive people down this path 
and sure offer some inspiration, but it's, I use the framework of my life to articulate the, the work that needs to be done. And it's really written in that fashion and not a story of like, oh, you know, I'm great and this and that, like it's, it's, it's actually a bestseller in uh, philosophy uh, uh, and self-help. <laughs> <laughs> but, that, and, but that's uh, what's cool about it. But that, but that's what's cool so, about yeah, it, right? Like being able to, a, yeah, just being able to trans, just being able to go around all, things. And yeah, yeah, like this this masculine approach of like, you know, I'm so tough, nothing's gonna, everything can bounce off of me. But you know, it, you've you've got to you've got to you've got to do the work. You can't just chase the, 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 the physical nature of things. Uh, it's resilience of body, mind, and soul. Like if you're missing any one of those threes, if you hadn't noticed, everything comes in threes for me, so, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, if you're missing, if you're not playing with one of those areas, if you're not challenging yourself to, to, to be better at, at, at business life, the mental side of things, if you're not challenging yourself to be better with your family, your relationships, you're going to have a gap, you know, just being in the gym isn't the answer. But also if you're chasing those other two and neglecting your physical health and well-being, the other ones are going to, you're not going to be able to take care of your family and be there. You're not going to be able to be the best, you know, business owner or worker or, uh, you know, professional that you can be if you're not taking care of yourself as well. And so this is, by the way, I'm, I'm just sorry. I'm just so passionate about these topics. No, that I, I get look, I get amped I, up. <laughs> here, here's my here's my whole here's my whole thing too. I, if look, we can. There's a million places that we can go, like watch people exercise or talk about, and, and we can absolutely touch on it. But like this to me is way more interesting because you know I'm curious uh, specifically how successful people and people that have overcome a lot of of trauma have have moved past it and have found ways to almost use it as fuel to continue to inspire and motivate others. And I, cause look, I, I, I fall down this rabbit hole myself where I feel like I like, you know, whether it's uh, anxiety or self doubt. And I mean, I, I do you still encounter those or how do you push past them? Oh, yeah. I mean, how, so how, what is the, what is your, I don't want to say secret cause it's not a secret, but what is your method for, you know, not allowing your brain to talk yourself down or out of something that you know you can't accomplish if you put yourself if you put your mind to it yeah you know anybody out there that tells you they're impervious to the, the stuff is is full of shit you know yeah. at the end of the day we all deal with phases of sadness maybe depression anxiety whatever our list is but and, and i don't want to let's just be clear like those that have gone through trauma like say oh it doesn't matter it's not important you know you can move through it like you know, traumatic events can be very much affect you, but it's, it's the mindset. It's putting yourself in this mindset of understanding that you're not defined by the external environment, the things that have happened to you. You're not the person that was, I'm, I'm, I'm this way because I was raised by alcoholic parents. I'm this way because I'm the person with a bad back. You're, you're starting to define yourself by these things outside of your control. And a lot of times in this world today, you walk up to somebody and you ask them, you know, who they are, and they will tell you this, that, that backstory of those are some examples I just gave you. This is, I am this person because of these things that have happened to me. And really that you need to switch and go, I am defined like who I am 
is my actions and responses to the things, to those things. I am defined by what I do and how I choose to live as a response to that. And that shift, it seems minor, but is, is, is major. And then that gets you into the place like, yes, maybe I've got a lot of baggage to deal with because of, you know, events and things that have happened in my life outside of my control. But I can't take that away. It's there. How, why can I not then try to use that to become a stronger and more resilient person myself? Because the same process, the things that I do today, you know, I'm at the head of multiple companies. I've done massive feats of strength. I've, you know, raised my siblings, raised, you know, raising my own family. Uh, I do so much and people are like, I couldn't have done that 20 years ago. I didn't have the, the ability, the resilience, the, the, the strength of spirit and mind to be able to pull that off, to be able to work through those situations. But I constantly layered and got a little bit better and know, I, I overcame that this last time. I can, I can do that. Just like, hey, I just accomplished that heavy squat workout. You know what, next time it comes around, yeah, maybe I'll have a little bit of anxiety about like going in and, 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 and hitting it, but I know that I can. In fact, I might be able to handle a little bit more. And so we know this in the gym, mm -hmm. but you can apply those same concepts to other aspects of your life. Like, yeah, I'm in a, I'm in a deep shit place of my life right now. You know, I've got some issues with a relationship, a career, whatever it is. And how do you actually do that? I call it the practice of like living in fear. And that sounds a little odd, but like, there's so many micro elements that happen to you all the time that come at you and they hit you and you get this like little twist in your gut. Maybe like, maybe it's a, a, you know, conversation with a coworker or your boss, or, uh, you know, maybe, maybe your parents or, uh, you know, some other family member. It's like, and it's like, you know, there's a problem there. And it's like, man, I'm just going to ignore it. I'll just ignore it and it'll go away. And usually that doesn't happen. It just kind of grows a little bit, but, when you get that twist in your gut, that you know what that is, that's your signal to say there's an opportunity for me to define myself right now, to be able to step to the challenge and know that I can handle this, handle this difficult conversation or whatever it is. Maybe it's a career change. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's going back to school. Maybe it's taking on a, a massive project at work. Again, handling a relationship with, uh, issue. It's your opportunity to, to go, let me. I've got that signal. I know what it is. It's that mixture of anxiety, fear, but also like ah, knowing I need to address it kind of going on. And it's like, let's turn into it. That is my workout. That is my opportunity to build myself up so that next time I got that feeling, I know that's like, I can jump right in. I can, and then you can move and accomplish more and more. And you layer that year over year, decade over decade. And you get to this point where you can do phenomenal things in your life that you couldn't have done earlier. Just like, you can't walk into a gym and, you know, squat 500 pounds for reps. That yeah. takes time, a lot of time and work, but it can, you can get there, right? Or maybe 400 or whatever it is, you know, use whatever frame of reference you want. But that is the, those are some practical steps that you can take today, right now, this week, you've got stuff going on that go, that is my opportunity. That is my challenge to build myself. And then having that shift in mindset, 
I am defined by my actions and responses to my environment and the things that have happened to me. And that environment and those things do not define who I am. Sure, they may have an effect, but they, they're not the definition. And how about, you know, on, on that, just to kind of build on that. So I really do like that, that concept of, of kind of changing your mindset to understand that is your, it's a platform essentially to demonstrate that you can do it. But when, when you, tr- you do, you give it everything you got or you think you did and you still come up short. Granted, like, you know, the, the saying is that like, you know, everybody fails and that failure is like, you know, you use it to, to learn from it. And yeah, like that's definitely the case, but sometimes it hurts. And I feel like a lot of people can turn that into something negative. Like, well, of course I blew it. I see, you know, I screwed up. So it's like, you know, is, did you ever have to encounter this? Like when you were talking about 20 years ago, I kept thinking like, shit, man, 20 years ago, you were still doing insane like things like really cool things and, and building toward toward this insane resume so you know did you encounter that where in, in like when you tried something and it didn't work and did you how long did it take you to kind of ingest it and, and turn it into something that was going to be a, a like a, a like just a teachable moment rather than something that just irritated or angered you yeah, that's a great question. And uh, Zach or Mike, do either of you have kids by chance? Yeah, two. Yeah, we both do. Yeah, nice. Yeah, two also. So, you, you know, they're you know when they're they're growing, uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna use the same uh, nine month point uh, in developmental uh, kin, uh, kinesiology. So they start to get to this point where they're trying to get up and hold on to things to learn to walk. And a lot of parents will grab their hands and like carry them around and help them walk. And the best thing that you can do for their, their health. And I am speaking very specifically when I say health mm-hmm. is to stick your leg out and swipe their feet out from under them. Nice. A gold star for me. It sounds I, cruel. No, I do it. <laughs> it sounds cruel, right? But <clears throat> that failure, the falling down gives you the opportunity to try again, to learn, to overcome. And very specifically from a developmental standpoint, uh, it teaches, it allows the opportunity to practice and develop that neuro- neurology and actually spending too much time like with their hands over their head walking teaches stability in the wrong place and actually starts raising, elevating the rib cage and, you know, it starts us relying on the wrong things in life for success. And this is very, this is what I'm talking about is physiology, but now let's talk about your question specifically is like, where did that happen? And for me, when I was growing up being homeless, like there was a lot of challenges. I mean, basic stuff like, you know, there's water pouring in under my tent. I've got to get up in the middle of the night and dig a trench. There's all sorts of like stuff. That's always, you're always fighting the environment, trying to, to deal with things, you know, Hey, a bear attacked my tent, uh, food's gone, uh, you know, all sorts of stuff. But my point being is I did a lot of work. And I did a lot of just like basic troubleshooting and overcoming things, small things. And there's a lot of failure in that process as well. And so by the time I started getting into high school, I still had a lot of like major self-confidence issues based on, you know, just a kid that lived in a trailer down by the wind, you know, river. I smelled funny. My clothes were out of style or dirty or whatever. So I was still dealing with a lot of that. But at the same time, I'd started to develop this insane confidence in myself because I knew 
that if I failed and I'd had so many opportunities for failure, that I could figure out another way. I could keep coming back at it. I could try harder. I could learn more. I could study. I, 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 could, I knew that no matter what, no matter what happened, there never really was a failure. It was a step in the process that there was, oh yeah, I'm just on step three of making my attempt to, to resolve this stuff. And that, that really stuck with me through the rest of, of my life is being able to understand that, that failure in learning to fail, like from a parenting aspect. Now let's talk about your kids getting, you know, a bit older, getting into junior high and high school. And you get all these helicopter parents that are trying to manage everything to make sure that their kid doesn't have the experience of not getting into the college that they want, not getting the grades that they want. You know, even like when I was working, you know, there was people that were parents that were helping their kids with like getting jobs and scheduling interview, you know, like stuff. And it's just like, you're setting them up for failure. They need to fail Mm -hmm. because the only way to build the confidence that you can be successful in life is to fail. And then come back at it and come back at it again and again and again. And, uh, you know, it's just like buying a house as an adult, you know, it's, there's always something that goes wrong. You know, there's some sort of financing hiccup or an appraisal or this or that. There's no, just like this seamless process of, you know, Hey, we're going to just like, we pick the house. It's going to boom, 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 go through and close. I always say, I always tell people, you're going to feel like it's the whole thing is falling apart, like an impossible. It's not going to happen. Somebody else made a bigger offer. The the bank says they need something, whatever, that there's going to be at least three times every time you go to buy a house that you're thinking that your dream house is just, it's done. It's over with. And then you come back and you, you, you attack it again and you figure out a way, but that li- that's, that's life. You've got to learn this stuff and go, okay, fuck that hurts. Yeah. You get fucking, you're down, you beat yourself up and you spin, you know, understand that's the moment. That's the moment I'm in right now. It's okay. I appreciate it. And I appreciate what I'm learning from it, but now it's, it's time to get back to it. So with these mindset shifts, you start to learn to be thankful for these times, to be thankful for the times that the world and the universe feels like it's coming down and everything's going wrong. Like right now, up straight up me right now, I had, uh, I'm working on a major remodel. So I just saw that on your, I saw that on your Instagram. <laughs> You're always busy yeah, on Instagram doing a, a ton of shop because my, my investors in the company said, Hey, you, you know, it's time to get your personal projects. I build, I build uh, custom off-road rigs from scratch and whatnot. And just over the top stuff. And they're like, no more personal (laughs) projects at work. You know, we need, you know, workspaces, workspace. So I had to build that, built an exercise room, new kitchen and patios, all sorts of fucking crazy, like massive undertaking that I've been working on for six months. Right. And I'm getting to the closing line and I have to have everything done because, you know, all the financing was set, everything. Anyway, I've got this hard deadline to set. It can't move. And it's like, like, been working six months, like all the time, trying to finish this up. And it's coming down to the wire, you know, got a, just a few days left to wrap this up. And I come down with COVID. Oh, so I got COVID. I get strep throat on top of it. I 
can't drink or eat fluids. And then my refrigerator quit. So we're cooped up, me and my wife and kids were cooped up in the house. I still have this major deadline in front of me. Fridge dies to throw away all the food. Well, you know, some of the doors got left open or something, something happened. So the very next day, mice are in the pantry. No food in the house. We can't go anywhere. I've got massive amount of work in front of me. And all I got to say is, you know, this is going to make a great story for the future because I'm going to overcome this. I'm going to, I'm going to get to the, to the wire. I'm going to get all this stuff done. And it's a story and life is all about the stories. So this is like my little mental trick going for me. It may work for other people or not, but is like, when it's like that, it's like, actually I use this within our company a lot, you know, as a growing company, you've always, you've got hardship, you've got cash flow, you've got like so many things when you're like in the early days. And I tell my, my team, I'm like, these, when we're, when we're in the middle of like shit and things are bogged down and it feels like it's just overwhelming. I'm like, don't forget that right now, this moment in time is our glory days. These are the times that you're going to tell people about 10 years from now, 20 years from now, as they're coming in about the, the amazing time you wish you could have been there. Go read Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. And he tells those stories of the glory days of his company. In the first 15 years, they were on the verge of bankruptcy every freaking month. Jeez. So stressed out, couldn't figure out how to do it. And those were the days they tell the stories about. Because that is when you're engaged in life. That's when you're 100% in. Like you, everything is there and it's real. And you've got to be thankful for those moments. Uh, I do want to say something about your, your company because the stuff that you create is, it's beautiful. It's like, it's like art. I don't know. It's like, there's like, it's not just training. Like there's a, there's just a really cool look and feel to it. And I got to say like, I, Mike and I have been like marking out on, on a lot of your stuff. We were pulling it up the other day, looking at, so, and it's just, you know, when, when you're, was that like the, the edict when you started this, when you started building these things, was it like, you know what, we're just, we're not going to just make it. We want to make something that a kicks ass is quality, but also is like, it, it's, it looks cool. Like, was that important? The design element, like how it, yes. kind of like, okay. That, that's how I work. Like I've got, uh, you know, uh, engineering is my background. Like I, I talked a little bit about what I do. I build vehicles and things like that, but people think I'm an engineer and I'm not, I'm an artist. Like when I went to school and as I've worked through my career, like all the engineers I've worked with are all so frustrated because they're like, <laughs> where's your, like, cause I'll just, it's in my head and I have to go out and like create it. Right. And, uh, and it's the way I work. It took me a long time to realize I'm not actually, I've got the technical skills of an engineer, but I don't operate mindset wise like that. And it really is, this is an expression of an art form for me, but our stuff is very different. Uh, there's three things that I feel from a, imagine that there's three things uh, <laughs> that I feel that you need to, to have in place to, to, to be able to, to, to accomplish phenomenal things in the, in the physical sport world or, well, it could be a lot of things, but you need the right, you right, need the right tools, the right methodology and the right environment. That would be, you know, culture, you know, people around you, whatever have you. And, uh, and I created that very early on when I said I wanted to be the best in the world at strength training. I built my own gym. I built my own equipment. I 
you know, I still have my main job during the day, but I had to create this, those three things and bring, draw the people to me to be able to accomplish that. And in the course of that, I'm looking at, so one, I'm, I'm personally, this is going to sound egotistical, right? But you know, I'm technically very competent, uh, design engineer. I've been managing teams within the, that environment in a lot of different high tech, heavy equipment, aerospace, automotive for two decades at this point, right? <clears throat> I'm a pretty good strength athlete. I understand what's needed. And I actually uh, started doing a ton of continuing education uh, in the clinical space uh, and became a specialist in biomechanics. And I speak with some of the best people in the world as far as, well, you can see our advisory board. If anybody wants to go to Kabuki Strength, a lot of these are personal friends, people that I lecture with, but you know, the leading spine biomechanist in the world. Uh, one of the best uh, uh, leading the most renowned physical therapist in the world, the person that brought um, with the, the form of developmental kinesiology uh, that uh, is really fundamental to us to the United States from the Prague School of Medicine. I know most of most of the instructors personally from Prague and I lecture with all these people like at, the, at a clinical level. So you put those three things together and you can start this lens. It creates this lens of how you look at our world in the physical fitness space. And instead of like most companies looking at things going, hey, they make that, we can make one of those too. Let's do some market analysis. That makes sense. Let's sell this. Let's make these and sell these. And I don't look at, I don't look at that in any, in any fashion. So we look at going, here's the principles of how we should be moving and how we should be loading. It's a principle-based system. And then you start with, with this lens of, you know, the proper movement through, you know, the, you know, uh, through that. So loading and movement, and you start seeing the gaps that are actually out there and they're just glaring to you at this point. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so our products, many of them are patented. Most of them are industry first and they're used 90% of all professional sports teams in North America, Jeez. let's say 99% of all major league baseball, 90% of the NFL, 90% of the NBA, we've got NHL, um, the Olympic uh, Training Center, uh, Tour de France teams, any college that you could probably think of, 600 of them and, and more, all the major colleges, they use our stuff. If you watch uh, movies, all your action movie stars, go, go on the Rocks page and look, the only bar that he will squat with, he's got eight of them, or, or our bar, <laughs> right? There's a reason for this. Because our stuff does what no one else does. Like I can literally <clears throat> fine tune a person's uh, spinal mechanics with our bar. It's the only bar in the world that you can do this. We can actually, it's all about being able to build product that can rapidly accommodate for the variability of a user. So the variability would be lever links, mobility restrictions and training needs. Okay. So this concept, this design uh, concept is it feeds into this, uh, to, to what we do. Um, and our stuff, like it does so much more than any other bar. So it's all about, this is how I was able to pull off. What, what does this mean? It's like, oh, well, yeah, it reduces the potential for, uh, injuries. Well, it right. does that. But what a lot of people may not realize is if you reduce the negative stresses, the stresses that you can't, uh, adapt to, what it allows you to do is be able to train with a higher level of frequency, a higher level of volume. And what is that gonna net? You're gonna be stronger and yield better res results. I mean, that's just, this is 
So even those, if you're, you know, in your early twenties and you still think you're indestructible, <laughs> like that is the net, you know, in end of that. So, uh, so everything is around getting the joints in the right position, being able to line things up. So we start getting the right neurological inputs, which actually changes the system. There's a whole lot of depth of content that most, most people in the equipment manufacturing world have no clue about, and they're making stuff that just makes stuff like right there. You're looking at, uh, it's a, the it's commonly there? known as a Swiss bar, Swiss bar or a, or a, uh, a football bar. It's a neutral grip bar. So it gets the shoulder in a, in a better position, uh, takes out the stress. Now, all the bars out there, every single one, they've been being manufactured since the 60s, has what we call the center of rotation. This is playground physics. So it's going to sound really complicated for a second, and then it won't. Playground physics. <laughs> the center of rotation and the center of mass are on the same plane. Okay. What is that? That is a teeter-totter. Okay. So a teeter-totter is always going to be you walk into a playground it sits on one side or the other there is a perfect there is a balance point but it is actually infinitely perfect so you that means you can never actually achieve it so we've got all of our joints kind of in this unstacked unstable position if you ever use one of those bars you take it out and immediately it's trying to break at your wrist crush your face but then it's also doing some things from a neuro neurological aspect so all we got to do to fix this is move center of mass below center of rotation a swing a swing you walk into a playground where does it yep. sit dead center because we've stabilized center of rotations up here center of mass is right here boom thus the arc in our bar then instead of just having a random angle we've actually matched so the, as the width goes out, the angle changes because your internal and external rotational bias of the shoulder changes based on the width. So let's match that, leaving just a hair little bit left to cue external rotation for stabilization. Now, all of a sudden, you've got a bar. When I demoed this, I demoed this at Major League Baseball training uh, because all the teams are in a short distance. And I know uh, the head strength coaches and most of them have bad shoulders and can't bench. They've had surgeries and so on. And uh, I go in and over and over and over again, coach after coach after coach, I had them benching and they, most of them hadn't benched for years because of X injury, so on. Their staff, their jaws are dropped, hanging down hmm. because they've worked up to two plates and they're doing reps with it. And because of the arc, they're actually doing it to a three inch greater range of motion. And these people couldn't bench a bar, an empty bar to their chest without pain over wow. and over and over again they're working out now with two plates for reps for the first time in years three inch greater range of motion with no pain so you're getting a greater training effect taking out the negative stresses and what's that going to do for your performance right and there's a whole lot of other things too about like when engagement happens and how that happens uh for athletics uh in relation to the, sh the shoulder and <clears throat> that's one barbell that's a simple one the transformer bar you clicked on a little bit ago uh, is is just incredible. So this is why you know people that know <clears throat> um, training concepts or movement and 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 the nature of this stuff they get it and they like there's no question but to use our stuff. So this one is uh, was actually just awarded uh, this week I think uh, by Men's Health the um, the best squat tool. 
Damn, <laughs> of that's, the year. That's awesome. So that's awesome. So a lot of people look at it and go, "Oh, that's a uh, that's a safety squat bar." Well, that's one of the functions. So what's interesting is when you have a load, the load is always sitting over your midfoot, and so people have different spine links, different femur links, all this sort of stuff, and not everybody can have the same thing happen. And so what we can do with this bar, ours is freed up so you can move it through space and distance from center. What that allows us to do is actually the load still always stays over the midfoot. So we're actually manipulating our spinal mechanics around the bar. And so when we get that dialed in, we get the right diaphragm to, uh, uh, to pelvic floor relationship, which then if we, uh, then we can also cue uh the you know all the thoracolumbar musculature abdominal muscle everything that comes in from a bracing strategy we can make happen without conscious effort uh and then you know safety squat bars themselves have one fixed position it's not a great position and then their handle is up here in this this position well this right here uh leaves me in a poor position for lat engagement the lat is actually a key spinal stabilizer and the connection between the shoulder and the lumbar spine through the through the t-spine if you watch anybody lift with a safety squat bar, you'll see when they go too heavy or push it too many reps, they fail at the TL junction. They start caving over here and that's their failure point. What we've done is bring the handle down and we've actually arced it over the shoulder. So inside the pad, it's actually wraps around your trap so that you're not creating a pressure point for when you have return to play issues and maybe de-innervation problems or pain problems from a, a, a straight bar setting on there. So it wraps around and then brings <laughs> the handle down here where now I'm actually in an optimal position to be able to engage my lats and get full spinal stability and get everything to squatting. Like, and these are just a few of the things, right? And it's, yeah. to me, these are really incredibly simple things. But once you have one of our products in your hands or on your back, you're you understand it, you'll get it. And you're like, I have to have it because it changes the game. This is one of the ways that I was able to do what I did. Like, uh, through all the years, it's like, I was using tools like this, along with good training strategies and uh, recovery, we, and we make uh, a lot of physical therapy uh, type tools and self use tools and all that. I feel like I'm going way too far on a like a product pitch. No, no, I I had planned to bring this up. I had planned to bring this on the screen okay. because I mean, the, the, I swear to God, we've been talking about this for weeks now. Like we really, really dig this stuff, and I mean, hearing what's behind it is actually way more interesting too. Because you know, in, in we're now inundated with people that are labeling themselves influencers or, or experts or whatever. And they're having a lot, they're, they're being, they're having an influence on a lot of people yet. A lot of people are following them blindly, not really knowing who is teaching them or who's kind of guiding them and they're getting hurt or it's just not working or it's like a money grab. And that's why when something comes along where it's not just well thought out, but it's, it's slick looking, it's, it's, you know, and look, and I want that, like I want to have nice Stuff I was saying to Mike, I, I, and I'm planning to ask you this, uh, you know, wh where to start? If, if there was one piece of equipment that, because I love all this, like, where would I start? Because I got it, you know, look, it's investing in all this stuff. It definitely was going to take time because I have a wife who is like, you have to feed our kids with money. And I'm like, hey, I want a bar, yep. you know, like, so I get that. But it's, it's, so I definitely had planned to ask you that stuff, but it, it's just also really good and comforting because 
it, it feels good to be able to say like, you know, I saw Charlie Weingroff was on your, your page, like Ali, Ali Gilbert, his yep. wife, uh, she comes on and does this with us on Wednesdays. And we've talked to Charlie before and I just having people to say, Oh, if they have questions, Hey, you know what? Here's my opinion. Go talk to this person or here's somewhere that, that has amazing research. Cause I'm an enthusiast at this. I love it. I love to find the answers to problems uh, for people through the people that are experts and that live it. I never pretend like I have all the answers. Like I know guys like yourself or Don Saladino, like people that live it, people that just get in it. And I'm like, that's why this is really so exciting to me. And hearing you talk about it, dude, honestly, you could talk about all, I, I, we could go through every single piece if you had the time. Cause I'm, I dig it. So well, let's talk about the, the, the Q bell for a second. Oh uh, yes. It's uh, I want, it's so, so cool. This is really, really cool. It looks like it's so deceiving because you don't realize just what it can do, but I can literally change the force curve of like simple movements, like a curl. So instead of being like super easy at the bottom and then it gets hard, like as you get to the, the top, I can actually change the force so that it's heavier uh, at the bottom and then still the same at the top. And I can actually loop giant set, superset together because I can make the same weight, different effective weights because it's it's actually all about uh, a torque moment on, on whatever joint that you're trying to train. And so we can actually change that infinitely. So like if I'm doing like, let's say curls, I could sit there with the same weight and do five drop sets with never setting the weight down, just keep hit a failure point, And I shift the load, shift the load with never even stopping because I can actually move this around and actually change the leverage points. And again, how you hold it. And I, I have educational videos on how to do that um, because it will, it, it, we can change the force curves. We can change the whole approach to training. Like I said, because now you could do, you, you can sit there and loop a bunch of stuff together. I could do curls, side delts, uh, front delts, rear delts with the same weight in my hand, but I need different weight needs for each of those exercises. And it actually changed. I never, never have to stop. So now wow. I'm getting an increased metabolic effect. I'm getting a higher efficiency of my, in my training. Right. So we can start like, it's, it's just crazy what we can do with manipulation of leverages. And I'm sure you can see that concept plays a pretty big role in, uh, uh a lot of my thought process with the, uh, the equipment. Yeah, this so, is. I noticed this uh, right away. The weight how cool is it was. A, yeah, it's and, and they look sexy as hell. So, what's the value of this? Well, yeah, they're more expensive than a dumbbell, but you only need a couple. Myself, I train with the 20, the 30, and the 40. Huh. And for a year, that could maybe the only handheld weight I touch because I can accomplish everything with, with those. So, think about that for a minute. It's like, oh, oh, they're expensive, but that would replace uh, a weight set from five to a hundred pounds right. in five pound increments. And what's the cost of that? Oh, and it changes my training. I can get better training effect. I can change the force curves of the exercises, which I can't do uh, with other things. And now the space that I need in my, like my home gym or wherever is, is just a couple bells. Yeah. And I've got everything right. I mean, look, think about that for a minute. Like that's, that's massive. See, like I didn't the impact that, that how that could change like your training space, the training that you're doing, as well as the cost input, you know, uh, there at the same time. See, that was one question I had was where to start with the weight. But the fact that you, somebody with your resume of, of, of lifting mountains is using a 20, 30 and 40 to me, I'm like, 
dude, like I don't need that much then. Like, I mean, it just, no, it, a ten, the 10, the 10, 20, 30 is going to be like good for most people. And a lot of people may only buy like one set just by the 20 or just by the tens um, to play, you know, play around with and then figure out what you need from there. Um, but yeah, for me, like, uh, you know, uh, most people would be a 10, 20, 30 moderate lifter would be 20, 30, 40. I use blood flow restriction for, with a lot of my training. So I don't use as much weight. If I wasn't doing that, I would maybe use the 50, uh, more often. Uh, we are going to release a, a loadable piece on there so that you can probably take this up to 70 pounds. Oh, but again, wow. the load effect, like it's just, once you have them in your hands, you're like 50 pounds with these is like freaking insanely heavy. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but you, you start, it's, <laughs> you'll understand it because people that don't have them yet, you know, they'll comment online. Oh, well, they're not, they're not big enough for me yet. Like, well, that's actually what I was no thinking. Idea. Like, I, I didn't, I didn't know that that's, you know, when you explain it, when you explain it to me, it makes total sense. But that's what I was thinking. I'm like, wow, like, it's so strange because a lot of this, this equipment that's being built is made to handle so much weight. So I'm like, it only goes up like, uh, I think the highest was 50 pounds. And I'm like, 50, wow, that, that's, but I was in my head, I'm like, that doesn't seem like a lot, but I just, I felt like there was something more to it. And now I see Grab that one and hold is. it in the extended position and try doing a lateral raise or a curl or something. And <laughs> you'll be like, I need the 10. Holy shit. I've never had 10 pounds so heavy in my life. Like it is a, it's an ego check, but, and that's why we have the different handle sizes. So well, let's talk about this because you could do some of this stuff with a kettlebell. You'd be like, oh, I could just do a kettlebell. Why do I need this stuff? Well, you can't. So the, the kettlebell has the load differentiation is too far away and too much. And then the handle size is not, the handle is not appropriate as well. So you can do like bottoms up stuff with kettlebells mm -hmm. and maybe some really light, but it, it becomes a wrist exercise and you move the training effect from you know wherever you want to it just being a wrist and so that's we've got a very special texture on the handle to be able to create a lot of gripping force and then different handle sizes so that you can take it away from no matter whether it's a pushing pulling lifting exercise take the strain away from the wrist into the joint that you want and then also have the right balance of of mass away from the body so that it doesn't become just stupid and so you could actually use it through a whole lot of range of motion. Like literally you can't use anything else for this concept. Conceptually, it makes sense. And you can still do, you know, bottoms up and things like that with these as well. There's so many other things you can. Oh my God. I, now, well, I, I got to watch get, some videos. I'm, I'm, yeah. I saw uh, that you watch some of the videos and you can just see, uh, so different loading variations. So you can hold it distally, proximally, medially, um, you know, reaching, reaching through it. So you get a center mass type effect, uh, resting it back on your wrist so that if you've got a, an injury, you could move around that, uh, extended positions. Like it, it's, it's just so many things that you could do with this simple product, right? Well, and all of our <laughs> stuff like is fundamentally really simple, but they work like nothing else. Well, so where to start? Yeah. So yes, yes, uh, <clears throat> please. I, I so handheld weights. This is the best handheld weight in the world. Um, the most versatile bar that we have, and I, which I hate the name of because it's called a, a, a open trap bar. Oh. But trap bar is like such a misnomer because with it being open, with the handle positions the way they are, which, um, which by the way is are you can change sizes, you can change widths, and all this sort of stuff. But you could do. You can do overhead presses and not interfere with your, your head. And you just roll it, swing it up into position. I can do curls with it and get a greater range of motion than a barbell. I can do ab rollouts. I can bend over and do bent over rows 
and and not hit my body. I can do seal rows. I mentioned ab rollouts. You can do your your care uh, walking carries, uh, rear leg you know Bulgarian split squats, rear leg split squats, uh, lunges. All like it's the most versatile bar in the world. There's nothing that you could use as much of this. Oh yeah, and it flips up on end so you don't have to. It's got a self jack in there and. Um, uh, we've got different widths because, you know, strong men are going to be, they're, you know, six, six to seven, seven foot tall guys, the NFL guys, the NBA guys, they're so tall, they end up with a wider handle. You want different training effects. You're, you know, you know, a strong man's going to want to build grip. A baseball player is going to want to protect their hand. Um, but everybody goes, this is the bar and the grip that we design is going to be the the perfect. No. So we have different size grips and the two inch can be set fixed or rolling like a rolling thunder. So you can really uh, hit your grip with a wider version and then a narrower version for like, uh, that's one of our coaches there, Cass. She's I think under five foot, uh, but you've also got teens and things like that, that maybe you want to bring that, that in uh, to get the right loading. Yeah. That's so, yeah a, this really is, good, uh, yeah, that's showing like the D yeah, I can see a, that. Good example right there. Right. That's so cool. Um, of why you would want to change uh, those widths. So, but it's the most versatile bar in the world. You use that and it's like, you can do everything with it. I mean, it's, it's, it's silly, but people don't think about that. They go, oh, it's a trap bar. Yeah. I, but I, once I, you open it up and then we have the same playground physics things. So most people, uh, they always grab a high handle position on a trap bar. They, it feels better. They don't know why. Well, it's the same process. It wants to dip and dive on you, causes some instability. You go to like, do a carry it immediately wants to dump forward all this sort of stuff so our low handle position is offset just enough so that you when you flip it over the the center of mass is still below center of rotation but it's still effectively the same height for doing movements from it's minor things but nobody why does nobody do this uh, that, that's a t- fantastic question and uh on a personal note uh please don't judge me from this cheese ball uh trap bar back here uh it, it, consider it thrown away it's going in the trash uh because after seeing this it's just me i did notice that immediately on the call too i'm like oh, I you know because i'm always like looking at everything so. no i've listened <laughs> trust me when i you know i came across like i obviously i've known about uh your products for a while but like uh with you know Jeff Tomko, we've been mentioning he, he's somebody who interviewed you recently, um, and he's did a fantastic story on you and your business partner. I thought it was great on MuscleAndFitness.com, and you know Mike and I have been since we read those and we knew you were coming on. We've been digging through this, and I've just been I've just realized that you know because I've been training at home more now and and less uh, with whatever gym or whatever can you know whatever is going to be supplied to me. I really do want to put more time and thought into what I'm getting. And I think the whole versatility aspect of it is really what I'm into. It it changes your space and it becomes very important Mm -hmm. um, to be able to do that. And the rapidly accommodating, Hey, you have a couple friends over and one piece of equipment can easily shift from one to the other. um, But it, it becomes huge because, and this is my thought process is that the, you know, both the gym market, gym markets are changing, uh, but globally, real estate is going to continue to always be rising in price as population goes up, right? And so yeah. the impact that that's going to have and ability to have a training space that can be able to suit a large number of people and change within that uh, in a smaller space is going to provide benefits. We're going to see more and more of this, the globo gym mentality of like, we're going to build a place that works for everybody, but it sucks for 
for everybody at the same time, it, we're seeing that fall apart. Like COVID didn't start closing these big gyms. Like they were already on the verge of bankruptcy. What we're going to see yeah. is we're going to see these areas of, of the environment within gyms happen is, and this is going to be places that are cultured and catered like environments, you know, it's going to be Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, powerlifting, Olympic weightlifting, like these cultured and catered, like, uh, things are going to do well. Your independent trainers, like I can train with, if you bought, if you set up a Kabuki, um, facility in a 600 square foot space, you'd be able to train 12 to 15 people at a time if you really wanted to. Wow. Um, you would be limited more by the people that you can fit in there than right. by the equipment because of the ability to do uh, this, right? And then it becomes very economical now for a home gym. You may be paying more for the individual stuff, but you're able to conserve space, be able to get this in a very small space and then have one product meet the needs of multiple things. Yeah. So, okay. Start. So your suggestion, if I'm getting, a, if, if a guy like me, who's, you know, Mike is more probably into lifting heavier weight than me. I'm more into just trying to look semi, uh, I don't want my wife to throw up when, when, uh, I get naked. That's, that's basically it. Um, but I, I do love to train. It's something that's obviously a passion of mine, but you know, I think this would be I think this would actually be probably pretty good for you too, Mike. I think this is kind of ver like good for yeah, anybody. It's good. It's good. It'd be great for him. Somebody that's really into like just the barbells as well. So the the Duffalo bar, which is our arced bar, is the best like multi-purpose straight bar. I, it's not straight, but you, you, I think you understand what I'm saying there, because uh, it works for any squatting variation or any uh, pressing variation. So squatting, it's helping getting the shoulder in the right position, relieving stress on the shoulder and the elbow, allowing you to get better position uh, in the core with diaphragm to pelvis relationship. And then impressing, it causes a deviation in the wrist and the, the ulnar deviation here actually um, causes that external rotation of the elbow and starts stacking the joints. So any overhead pressing, incline pressing, flat pressing, floor pressing, it's going to be phenomenal. Any squatting, front front squatting instead of the bar wanting to roll away from you it it doesn't roll because it's got the arc on there it's going to stay on your shoulders you can see me uh i i, I used to train that was actually lead up to my squat the first um the first three months of training uh in the year was front squatting with the duffalo i had bad elbows so i can't touch the bar but i i, I could just do my squats just like this and it wouldn't roll away um, without yeah, touching that's... the bar and so I'd work up to, you know, 600 plus pounds for front squats uh, with the bar just sitting there. Jesus. Right. And then uh, th then from there, I moved to the transformer bar with changing the settings. And all, it was all this a period as I process over a year. But I do all our stuff with our tools. That's how <laughs> it's a fundamental uh, piece of that. So so those are like uh, cool. And then if somebody's looking for like a, a home gym in one, check out the Kratos. So this is a flywheel product. It is uh, patented. Yeah. It's the only product uh, flywheel in the world that has both vertical and horizontal all in one. So this, this you can essentially do every exercise uh, with this. So let's say a Kratos and a couple Q-Bells and you have every exercise covered, handheld to, uh, uh, it, it's, so uh, the mount is in two different places off the floor. So you can do any stuff there and then it, switches and can go up the wall. So off of one flywheel, you oh. can do every exercise in the world. And then the, the weight oh, wow. is variable. So I, I love this because uh, my training oh. for me today is a lot of Kratos and Q-Bell uh, type stuff because I'm just, 
I, I'm super setting, I'm giant setting. Like I can sit here and go from exercise to exercise because the weight is based off of how much effort you put into it. So as much as you put into it, it pulls right back and um, uh, on the eccentric. And so as you're, as you're fatiguing, the weight is actually becoming less. If you move from one exercise to the next, which is what I'll do, I'll just start and I'll train for like 30 minutes with like five exercises, five sets each, just is a giant set and never once pause for even a second between a rep for like 20 minutes and you get to, and you're like oh my god and you look over and it's like 20 minutes and you're just like you just crushed everything so now i've got a huge one time efficiency because the training's not the center of like i'm not going to spend three hours a day training anymore i'm focused on my business and my family life and projects right. and so i want to minimize and have you know a 40 minute session in and out feel amazing but also get a great metabolic effect from it at the same time. Uh, man, it is freaking wicked. So anyway, uh, that's a whole different, this is obviously a higher price point, but it's a complete yeah. entire gym and it is sexy as hell. It, dude, but here's the thing. It's like when, when you hear you talk about it and how excited you are to discuss the products, because not only do you use them, but you're, you're creating them. It's easy to see why people become enthusiasts of the brand and, and, and just become as into it because it's, it's, it's infectious. Like it's super, super cool. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, this is, this is really cool stuff. Just, yeah, I would. Uh, and it's so innovative too. Yeah. I mean, you're taking, barbells that have been around for forever and, and just updating them and, and making them scientifically more beneficial. And it's crazy that people yeah. haven't done this before. Yeah, it, it is. Like I, that's why I said, I, I, I feel lucky because, you know, I've got the lens to, to, to look at that. And, you know, our team looks at that. We're trained in the It's not just me anymore. Right. But nobody's done it. And it's just, again, but you think about how most companies operate and it's like, What's our market analysis on a product? Well, you can't do that on something that hasn't been created before. And you can't like, it's like, oh, let's look at this and we'll make what's, everybody just copies everybody else. And they've been making the same thing over and over and over again with the same defects, the same problems. But then you've got people that are uh, just innovative to be unique, novel, right? Well, there, there's so much of that stuff is crap. Like yeah. the shake weight, you know, or the whatever, right. like all this stuff we're inundated with. So people automatically think new and novel means all of us that are serious trainers, you know, into training are going, yeah, whatever. Got to stick to the basics. We know this. Well, I am like fundamentally, this is the most basic, like barbell and handheld weights and like really basic stuff, but fucking nailing it. Yeah. And bringing and changing the game with it, but not coming up with some gimmicky crap that doesn't deliver results that they're going to sell on an infomercial and, you know, people are going to buy and throw away. Um, yeah. Uh, so, but when you go to a place like Ursa, right. And, and you're, you know, your products are what they are because you're the one that's the engineer. You're the one that's making them and, and you know that they're solid and legit, but you go there. Is it hard to kind Is of Charlie bite? on here? I can't remember. Uh, I think, yeah. He's uh, he's yeah. He was on that. He was, he's right around there. I think I saw him. Was Somewhere he? in there. Yeah. yeah I see him. I'm speaking with him again uh, down in Florida week after next. So nice. Yeah. yeah. There he is. And, um, but yeah, so when you go to these places, is it hard to bite your tongue when you're like, wow, like this shit is, is in, just way subpar compared to, or, or do you have to play nice and are like, Hey, wow, that's really cool. Uh, rogue. Pfft, like, you know, I don't know, like not to dump <laughs> on like a specific brand, but like, do you know what I mean? Because it feel like sometimes like people, consumers buy into the hype, not really knowing what they're getting. And then you're, yeah. 
sitting here, like making sure that they hit so many different areas and, 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 pro- and solve so many different problems that I don't know. Do you feel like you're, is it frustrating? Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it, it can be frustrating, especially when uh, people start knocking our stuff off, but don't even understand it and then <sighs> uh, screw it up too. Uh, but you know, everything has its place. Like rogue, it does a phenomenal job by the way of making really solid equipment, American made at a, like a, an economical price point. Like right. I don't knock rogue at all. No, no, I was, I was, now, just, I was playing games. Needs, I was, rogue I was needs our product. Rogue yeah. needs our product line to uh, a company. Like our stuff would go amazing package with their stuff and they're carrying some of our stuff and they're going to be carrying the full line here shortly. Um, but to your point, yes, it can be uh, really hard. A lot of people that have gimmicky crap, they know better than to really approach me and ask me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't get that as much, but yeah, you walk around and, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And yeah, every now and again, there'll be some salesperson at a booth that has no idea who I am. And they're like, Oh, check this out. You know, this and the magnetic waves are going to blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, please. Oh God. Don't stab me in the eye right now. Like I can't take this. (laughs) And so I, I I just want to ask one last thing about, so uh, I I was digging around on the coaching and education side of of things, uh, specifically on the education side. Now this is a, this is fantastic because there's a lot of people obviously, you know, that are involved in this ends the 15th. If there was like, uh, if there was one place to start, right. Cause a lot of people that are, are, tuning into this or that, that, that follow up with this on, yeah, yeah. on our channels. There, there are a lot of the beginner, uh, the beginners and, and a lot of people are really, I'll ask a lot of beginners questions and I, it, this is, seems like a really, really fantastic place to start, but where would you direct them to on your site or your education yeah, resources? Yeah. So, um, uh, so we have a, a full spectrum. Uh, we have a staff of coaches that work with people one on one around the globe but the easy entry points, we offer free education on our YouTube channel and the Kabuki virtual coaching Instagram. There is so much content out there. Now it's not like organized and indexed and, you know, but we also have a, um, uh, a, a uh, video site that is all indexed uh, with guided tutorials. And I think it's like 1099 a month or something. Uh, so, um, the, uh, movement library, I think is the, the name of that. So if you scroll through the education, you'll see movement library. There is nothing out there is that is as here? good as the content that we drop in there, uh, for that. And then we also have, uh, lower tier services that we have just, uh, worked with. So our coaches do work with, uh, through the train heroic platform, uh, but go onto our site, scroll down and you'll see that. So it, the you know, $29 a month, you can start getting an experience of, of what, uh, you know, some of our coaching is that's not one-on-one. Um, but it's, we've got a lot of different programs, uh, that you can see. So yeah, we've got the hypertrophy peak to compete. Um, some of my unique training, I actually have one that, uh, that, that I'm running, uh, strong and mobile. Uh, so there's, uh, there's that I highly recommend if anybody has an opportunity to go to our courses, there's nothing like our courses. It will change your training in your life. Uh, there's just really nothing like it. So, so those are the movement library that you see right there. I see. Okay. So this uh, we've is- also got the uh, nutrition masterclass as well. Uh, so those, the nutrition masterclass, the movement library and the train heroic are all like super low cost uh, entry points to get some incredible 
some incredible uh, content. But if you're somebody that's dealing with issues, has a history of stuff or specific goals, you know, we have our coaches, it's not just, you know, some template stuff. Everything is individually developed based on the tools that you have available, your goals. We're doing movement video movement assessments and developing uh, movement plans as well as the training plans and and uh, the rehab return to play. Like we're managing all of this for people. So if anybody has a history of of problems or very targeted goals and things like that, check out our our coaching. It is the best of the best. You know, I mentioned the teams that we work with on the equipment side. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you the names, uh, but you know, we coach the coaches of a you know of and you know you look at that speaker list up there. There's some of those speakers, you know, they're renowned, but they come to us for coaching. Again, you know, head head coach, head strength coaches for some of the biggest teams out there. They're, they're our clients as well. Um, so we coach the coaches, but it's for all levels. Uh, we work with any level on one-on-one, but there's some great entry points uh, for people to check out. That's awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah, because I'm definitely going to dive into, uh, I think the movement library and the nutrition master, I think those are two that I want to start with um, just personally. Like I love to you know, just from a, just, just to be schooled on this stuff or even have my tools sharpened on this stuff and be and and just learn from, uh, you know, you get better by learning from the best. So this is really going to be awesome. And I would absolutely yeah, love to see. The, the masterclass is really great because it dives into the, the background, the psychology, the social aspects. It's not just like, here's your macros and here's some, di-. like it is a, it is a very comprehensive uh, program uh, with that. So cool. Um, but uh, yeah, movement library, masterclass, the train heroic. And again, for those people that, that need the, the one-on-one, we've got the best. Awesome. And I, I have one last question for you, if that's okay. Uh, I promised somebody that I would ask this. He's a, he's a, a war veteran. He's has Parkinson's. He's, he was on the other day and we told him that we were speaking with you and he's really done a lot to, you know, um, build himself back up and He's, uh, he still trains hard. He's had some, some, obviously some like long, you know, some issues, uh, health issues and he can't squat. And he's like, you know what, how do I, uh, I really want to, you know, build my legs bigger. And he says, diet's good. But I said, I said, look, man, I don't think you should ask me. Uh, I'm going to ask Chris Duffin. So he was like, would you do that? And I really wanted to, to follow through for this person. So is there any tips that you could provide him? Um, he can't squat cause he's got some, some, some injuries from, from, the, from the war. And, uh, but he really wants to, you know, he lives every day, like, uh, just crushes every day, just like you have, have learned to do. And I don't know, I really was hoping that maybe you could help guide him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would really encourage him to reach out to us. So for example, I've got a, a paratrooper military, um, took a bad, uh, uh, bad hit to the ground with no parachute. Oh. And, uh, you know, when I met him, he could barely, he could barely walk Jeez. and he was recovering from that. Uh, he is squatting close to 500 pounds now, uh, at a nationally, you know, national level as a master's, uh, I think he's 45 to 50. Uh, uh, age bracket that's, you know, no squat gear, nothing. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, you know, we work with people that, that go, you know, that are fundamentally having problems with quality of life. Um, so, uh, it's really, a, you know, an injury and saying, I can't do this. We really have to understand what those injuries are. Is it to the, you know, the spine and what is it to the spine and how do we address it? Is it output 
of the things that are going on in the uh, the, the the hip, the knees, uh, what's going on in the foot and ankle complex. And so I would have him start though. I don't want to sell him, you know, our coaching services. Just start looking through our movement library around things related to foot and ankle complex and spine managing those things because a lot of times we can get people back and then within that it's managing training to the range that they they can so it may be doing a partial squat right mm -hmm. uh it may be doing a pin squat it may be you know doing a you know a, a rack pull or something like that that it still has some uh, effect from that um from a re recovery standpoint you know if we're doing really simple things like leg extensions and stuff like that uh, to build that up and curls, you know, just simple stuff like the integration of blood flow restriction has um, has a really great impact on both uh, muscle, but as well as the hormone releases and growth hormone uh, recovery factors uh, related to that. And uh, so it's a matter of managing the range, the type of movement. Again, if we can get a transformer bar or something in there to change the positioning to be able to allow that to happen uh, and then being able to lateralize into different movements that are going to have a, a similar effect you know maybe a hatfield squat with a hand uh, position maybe a belt squat is going to take the the spine out but i don't know what those answers are without that mm -hmm. uh so belt squat like the kratos or just a you know hanging some weights off of a uh, off of a belt and then you know is it just you know in the interim it's doing something right it may be just walking it uh it may be uh, walking uh, up a hill, it may be doing again, like some simple, uh, you know, single joint exercises, which I do a lot of those uh, in my movements. Some of those are pretty complex that people may not be able to, uh, to do again, because it could be maybe an e knee issue or whatever. But, you know, I do a lot of like quad fallout, sissy squat type stuff, things of that nature to really target some of those areas with very little low load body weight load. Uh, I train with body weight load stuff. And um, and then being able to regress that, you know, with a band to support and things of that area. So there is a way, but we have to understand all that and then also throw out our perception of what we believe some of the I can't do's are and really dive in and understand why those are the way that they are. Cool. Listen, thank Hopefully you. Hopefully there's something pretty usable there. I, I pointed no. out several resources. That the, no, start th there is. And, and that's I'm not avoiding the question at all. No, but, no, no, no. Uh, I, and I, I totally get it. Again, I just, I, I did say that I would do that and I want to be a man of my word, especially for somebody that, um, you know, that. Absolutely. That I I, those out. are people Craig I love, love yeah. to help out. Cause this is, this is, that's why I do what I do. Like uh, the ability, like changing people when they don't understand, like, and everybody thinks, oh, I got breathing and bracing down. I don't need to worry about it. Trust me. Uh, everybody I work with, no one has it down right. They really don't understand the eccentric loading of that cavity and then the co-contraction that happens and, and how to manage those. But that fundamentally starts changing that. And then you move to the foot and ankle, you control those two and we can really transform. And that's, I mean, you change people's lives when they're in pain, they can't move. Like this is the same stuff we teach or our, our clinical partners teach. If like a, a 65 year old grandmother comes in, that's, in tears from pain, they can't pick up their grandchild that affects their, 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 you know, the most important things in their life. And in that same session, they are teaching the same stuff that we teach. And by the end of it, they're going from like a nine in pain to a one or two or nothing and being able to deadlift, you know, a 24 pound kettlebell 
and they've got tears, not from pain now, yeah, but from joy. Mm-hmm. This stuff happens if you know how to do it. That's and awesome. it, it's, it's, it's crazy. It changes people's lives. And that's why I do what I do. And and the book's available now. It's uh, I saw it's available on Kabuki Strength. It's also on uh, Amazon. Uh, it's and the 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 film. When yeah, is so the documentary get, coming out? Uh, uh, the documentary is about uh, I think th- uh, three to three to four months out. So uh, April through uh, June time frame for the documentary. Uh, the book um, I'd recommend getting it on Amazon okay. or Audible. On the Kabuki Strength website, uh, there's several other carriers, but I'm not sure if they're they still have the the older the older version. Um, so there's been a few updates that just got updated uh, at the first of the year, and so actually I don't even have the my, those in stock yet right now. Uh, but they will be shipping from Amazon and the audio audio the audio I read myself. Yeah, so, so you a, did the audio, right? That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'll probably do the audio uh, because I know I will. I will, I'll be more consistent with it. Cause what I do with books is like, I start to read them and then I put it down and then I pick it back. So I know if I've got the audio book, I'll probably toss it on, you know, when I'm trained, I just know I'm going to get through it. And I really do want to read it now, especially most, just most hearing people, more of your story. I, I found from watching the sales, like most people are going audible these days. Yeah. And uh, that's why I, mm-hmm. I, uh, I did it myself. Uh, they said it was going to don't do it. It's going to be uh, you should hire a professional and I did it. And they're like, wow, that was really good. <laughs> That's awesome. I'll take the hard challenges. I don't know if you figured this out. Did you read my book? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. And I, I just want to thank you, really. Thanks for being so gracious with your time today. Uh, I had a lot of fun. I could talk to you about all of your equipment. I'd love to pick it up sometime again. And maybe as the the, the film gets closer, we could uh, do one of these again. And we can, you know, we'll get some questions from... Uh, from the, the peanut gallery and, and just see, uh, see what we can dig into. What else we could get into. Yeah. You guys are always welcome to come out too. Uh, listen, don't, don't be surprised if I take you up on that. I would love to that. I, it really would be All super right. cool. Awesome. Are you going to, yeah, it's really Arnold crazy because we have our manufacturing, our gym coaching, everything's in house. Oh, it's, that's uh, really so cool. cool. That's awesome. What'd you say, Mike? Mike, did you are say going to be at the Arnold oh. classic, Chris? Um, not this year. Um, we don't do a booth at the Arnold, just the audience is, uh, it's not the best fit for us. So we do more URSA, CSCCA, things like that. Um, yeah, I'm sure you understand the difference in audiences. So, oh yeah, but I'll go a lot of years, uh, just to, uh, network and spend some time with people. So that's cool. All right. Well, listen, man, thank you again. Thanks again for everything. This was a, uh, I learned a lot and, uh, this is good because now when, uh, when my wife sees the, some new purchases on our credit card, I'm going to be like, look, take it up with Chris. Would you like, just leave, leave me alone. <laughs> the science behind it. I'm, yeah. I need to do it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So yeah, this was, this was really cool, man. And, uh, yeah. So, and then, you know, kabukistrength.net and, uh, there's chrisduffin.com. Obviously you're either at mad under, uh, underscore oh, yeah. scientist. So anybody that goes, go to christopherduffin.com or mm-hmm. chrisduffin.com and sign up for the new, uh, the newsletter there. So, if you do that, you'll get the first half of my book for free. All right. So it'll come in email. You'll get exclusive yes, discounts to Kabuki Strength, uh, Barefoot Athletics, which is a minimalist shoe company, absolute best in minimalist shoes, uh, Build Fast Formula, 
uh, which is my supplementation supplement. And uh, you'll get exclusive discounts as well as uh, uh, educational content. So chrisduffin.com, sign up for the email list and you'll get all of uh, all of that stuff. So uh, yeah. Cool. All and right. there's links to all my social media and all the companies on there. So it's the, they tried to just make it. There's not a whole lot there, but it's the central hub that'll get you everywhere. And uh, yeah, sign up for that email. Awesome. I did that because I want the, uh, I want to get that first half. So I'm going to have to check my, I did it right before uh, we jumped on. So I'm going to check that out for sure. Awesome. I'm very excited. Thank you again, man. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, thanks, Chris. Yeah, this is awesome. That was awesome, dude. Awesome. <laughs> All right. right. We'll see you guys. Take it easy, man. Later. <laughs> Take care, man. That was awesome. Dude, that was so cool. Let's see here. How do I turn this thing off? <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah, that was cool. I, I thought Mike was going to actually stop it, stop uh, chat for a second, just recap that. But uh, that was that was really cool. I don't know if anybody uh, can you hop on for a sec. Oh, there he is. All right. One second. Here he comes. All right, dude. How cool is that? You're gonna, you're gonna, that was awesome. Yeah, super He's, cool. I was like, I was so in tune with what he was saying. I kept forgetting that I'm even a part of this. No, I mean, here, when he was like, oh, am I talking too much? I'm like, no. I'm like, keep keep going. Like, uh, this is, listen, I, I, I meant it. There was a million things we could have talked about. And I'm glad that he walked through that, mm -hmm. that the equipment. I mean, look, it, it's good, um, you know, advertising and stuff. But the thing is, it's like, it's important to know why that stuff stands out that, that it's not all the same, you know, like, so when you want to buy something that's on the cheaper end, nothing wrong with it. Akash, what up, man? Yeah. Uh, nothing wrong with that, but like, it just makes more sense to, to invest in something like that when the thought process and the, the science is behind it. And it's just, ah, dude, it was solid. It's really, really into that. And so. it's not like, the stuff's not expensive for the sake of being expensive. It's expensive no. because of the innovation that went into it, the quality of the product, you know, all that. It's it's worth every penny. Yeah, for sure. Dude, what up, what up? And uh, somebody was asking, up, somebody was, what's, uh, was like, hey, who, who are you? It was Antony. She's like, I don't know who you guys are. Well, I'm Zach and that's Mike. So there you have it. So we answered that. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm definitely okay, gonna. Fitness. Yeah, right. So I'm definitely gonna read that um, or listen to that book. You know, I really. Yeah, I and I, I was really cool with talking about. I, I was. I enjoyed talking about. You know his background and his philosophy on things. I think that's important. Again, I'm. I'm. I'm somebody that. Look, you know, we didn't start this just to like sit there and and and. And, and interview the same old people or talk about the same old things. And I think it's super important when, you know, and I have this discussion with a lot of people and I've had other doctors and other, um, you know, counselors on to discuss that, like why it's important to, like he said, be in tune with who you are or know yourself or not be afraid to emote or, you know, kind of dig into some of these things. That's important because it really can, you bottle that stuff up and it really can screw you up. Now I'm somebody that's a big proponent of, of, of therapy, whether, you know, psychotherapy, cognitive behavioral yeah. therapy, things like that. I think it's important. And it, it's, you know, the stigma, especially with guys is that it's like you sit there and you just like blame the world for all your problems. That's not it. It's more to me, it's more about there's things that I'm not 
doing fantastic with or optimized with, and that bothers me. Uh, and how can I change my thinking or how can I a, identify that problem within me and how can I change it so I can do things better? And, you know, just exactly what he did. Um, yeah, thanks, man. And, you know, that's the thing. I'm, I'm totally cool with being open and, and diving into some of those things in to show other people that it's okay. And if, if you don't want to talk about it, that's cool too with, with, with us or, you know, reveal anything, but find somebody don't, don't just keep it inside because shit, man, look at what this guy has done with it. Like this guy had every reason to, you know, Chris Duffin had every reason not to succeed. He didn't, he was given nothing and didn't have much to work with and he scratched and clawed and he did it. And, you know, just the fact that he, I don't know. Just the fact that he's that strong of a dude physically, but also clearly mentally, that I think is, it just goes a long way. It's really cool. Yeah, it is an enigma. Dude. I mean, and I've seen, I was watching, doing some research on him, reading up on him, watching some of his, it's just the way he trained when he's lifting those heavy weights. It's just, and then it's funny because this same dude, you look at him now and he's definitely, you know, it just, it's just a huge transformation and it's really cool. And it's just, it says a lot. Well, he had, I had read an interview with him and he's, he's pretty open about his like past PED use, but he said that like almost his, some of his Guinness book of world record lifts, he was just on TRT at the time. And he said, there's so much talk about using performance enhancing drugs and not enough to talk about how to um, make yourself better neurologically and mentally because those huge lifts are almost as much uh, mental as they are physical. Yeah. Well, dude, I mean, look at, see, exactly, right? Like, it, it, again, his, that, that's why I was so interested in his approach, his approach to failure, his approach to self-doubt because, again, that's something that I know everybody goes through and I, I certainly am not immune to it. And it, there's times where I... I don't, I don't overcome it in a, a way that like suits me. Like I get very angry, like uh, to the point where like, I'll get a chip on my shoulder because I have doubt. I'll be angry. Or like, if I don't feel like I'm fitting in somewhere, I'll get angry about it. And the fact that he's confident enough in, you know, doesn't have the ego to where he's like, Oh, I don't, doesn't happen to me. I know I'm going to go kick everybody's ass. No, dude. He was like, yeah, it happens. And here's the way that I overcome it. And it's like, I, I ask a lot of folks that, that again, I, I ask a lot of successful people. I wouldn't say they're like cut and paste or boilerplate questions, but they are, you know, they are around the fear of fear and fear of failure or, you know, uh, self-doubt or just encountering people that um, try to push, hold you down rather than build you up. And, you know, be it in, in an exercise capacity or a business capacity, I think it's important because it translates, I think. So. Yeah. And it's, it's refreshing to see someone like him in the fitness industry because a lot of it is like, dude, totally. I just want to look good to get the girls to go to the club and all that stuff. When he was like waging an internal war and trying to make himself better and he hit these huge <laughs> lifts, I don't think he cared about how he looked. You know, it was just about putting more weight on the bar and lifting it. Yeah. No, I, I yeah. No, I was really, 
really happy about that. And I didn't know, listen, you never know, you know, going in to these things sometimes what, what you're going to get out of it. I've had folks where I've interviewed them and they just kind of stare at me because they're, <laughs> I irritate them or I talk to, or I say stuff that they're just like, this is not on, on brand, but he was willing to kind of go everywhere. And I love that. And I thought that was really cool. And I'm absolutely going to patron his company because the fact that he's the guy behind it and he cares and he's clearly passionate. Uh, yeah. And I'm glad he cleared that up about the Q-Bell. Hey, I'm glad that I remembered to say it right after he did, but because uh, I didn't know what to call it yesterday. But the fact that it's created a way to, you know, make things harder and the fact that he's only got 20, uh, 20, 30s and 40s. I'm like, you, that's all you have. Well, then I can certainly get away with that. Like with having like a, a, a 20 probably just to start. So yeah, I'm really, I was really cool. And I'd say like if anybody's got some time and wants to go check out some other things he's written, say about his, you know, specifically about his life, uh, it's, there's a lot of stuff on Kabuki Strength. Some of it's a little older and you can say that this guy has been doing the same type of, he's been doing this for a while, like this, this approach of and being honest and being, you know, just being open with everybody. So it's real cool. I definitely would suggest it. And uh, yeah, this was really cool. Uh, I got the book up here on Audible. I'm going to buy it right now. I'm buying it too. I, uh, I was going to get the first half free, but now I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to buy it. Screw it. I don't care. Yeah. I want to I I hear and it. You know what too? Like he's got that documentary coming out. Like Martin Scorsese should make a movie about him. I know. Dude. Like, what, what a life, man. I mean, when he's talking about like, again, he's, he's around he's around murderers and he's around these, he's around human trafficking and he's around, he's saying, he's like talking about bears attacking his tent. I'm like, dude, here's the thing. Uh, a, I never go camping, but if I didn't even have, if I missed one spike, like one thing and the tent wasn't like well, well put together, I would just leave. Like, and he's got bears attacking his tent because he's was homeless and living there. I mean, it's, it's super interesting. And it's just the fact that he doesn't need to wow. embellish anything. You know, he just has to be honest about his, just about what he's been through. Uh, and again, you said it too. It's like, uh, it's hard to, again, we, we spoke to uh, Kohlberg, right? That was his name? Yeah, what? Craig. We spoke to Craig. Yeah, we start to him. We talked to him. We talked to, we talked to Chris. And these dudes have just different, you know, they're, they're, they're dealing with different types of, uh, of, tragedy and, and trauma than I, than I have to deal with or never will ever have to deal with. So it is a good way to put it in perspective. Like, yeah, I can be a big baby. I know. Yeah. So what can you do? <laughs> but that was awesome. And I'm really glad that we did that. And um, yeah, listen, want to thank anybody that, uh, that stuck with us and that I hope you liked that. And if you did, uh, yeah, give us a comment or like or whatever. I, for, I always forget what this... If there, I should maybe just put up a script or something about what we're supposed to say for people to help us out. But yeah, your comments actually do... Uh, they're, they're actually a really big deal. They do help us because it helps, uh, helps get more reach. And listen, we'll keep doing this for as long as, uh, you know, folks like you like to chime in. So spread the word around. Tell people that we're not that bad. You know, we're not the best, but uh, we're... Certainly not the worst. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We are the worst. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, look. Uh, thank you. Thanks, Akash. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I told him, told him I would, and um, I'm excited. I'm going to cut that for him, and I'm going to also do some other. Going to reach out to some other folks and you know get him as much info as possible. Hopefully, some of it helps. If not, listen, we'll we'll keep digging until we can. So, all right, listen. Have a great weekend, Mike, and everybody else uh, out yeah, there. Weekend, guys. And uh, that was awesome. So I'm riding high on this Friday, feeling good. Yeah. All right. Now, now I'm going to go warm up because my feet are frozen and my hands are too. So, oh, uh, just before I go, I, so I bought a kerosene heater and super pumped, okay. super excited. I started up. I'm pretty sure I put it together right. And it's like starts smoking, which is not great. And then the whole top starts like turning black and I'm like, wait a minute, that's not supposed to happen. So I had to shut it down. So I was all excited to be warm today and I'm not. So there you have it. You know what? At least you're not attempt being attacked by bears. Yes, you're right. So what if I have hypothermia? <laughs> yes, that's see you, man. Yeah. So what? Who cares? I don't need both feet or hands or anything like right. that, but. No, I will fix it, but because uh, it's going to be cold as uh, hell here tomorrow. But all right, listen, that was awesome. Already. I'm spiking the ball here. That was great. And uh, we'll see you next time. We'll try to do better. All right, bye, guys. <laughs>